Welcome to the Imaginal Space Podcast. My name is Catherine Perry, and I am your host. Okay, everybody, happy full moon. I'm so excited to try out this new format with you. As I've said in the last episode, you know, everything works until it doesn't. If you have a podcast or you've listened to a podcast, you know, from the very beginning up until the present, podcasts evolve, hosts evolve. Every, everything's evolving all the time. So naturally with that comes change, which is one of the, actually, yeah, there's a, there is a heavy theme of change in the cards that we're going to be looking at today for the full moon. And I'm so excited to share their message with you. Um, but first, so if you have listened to this before, you know that I like to open with a prayer. It's not going to be the same one as the one I've been opening with in the past. That one is super long. It's like eight minutes. I love it, but I am I have a feeling it's just like too long. So um, we're just going to take a couple of deep breaths together and do a short prayer. And then just to set up the space, it's my favorite way to open and then we will get started. So, a couple deep breaths. Thank you to all of the guides, spirit, ancestors, and allies that have chosen to come through and join us today. Thank you for sharing your messages and wisdom. We look forward to seeing what kinds of love you have to show us. And we are open to your wisdom. We are open to all of the multidimensional ways in which you can possibly guide us. Just show us, you know, what it is that we need to heal within ourselves, what it is that we need to heal within the collective and how we can show more love toward one another. Thank you. Yeah, see, okay, yeah. If you've listened before, that was so much easier. I feel like, again, I also just don't do well with scripted stuff, scripted stuff, um, scripted prayers, scripted intros of any kind. So um, hopefully that just kind of puts you in, set up the space for you like it did for me. And we can get started. So I'm not sure in general what the full moon means to you. I decided to align my podcast schedule with the four key phases of the moon. We have new, full, waxing, waning, um, just because that's what felt the most natural to me. I noticed that you know the downloads that come through, whatever it is that's on my mind, kind of does actually shift with the phases of the moon. This is not like an astrology podcast thing. So, I mean, 
I would say, kind of leave behind whatever preconceived notions you have about what the full moon is or anything anybody has told you rather about what the full moon is and just really just more notice what seems to be coming up for you during the different phases of the moon. I think people, I mean, actually, I really have no idea. I know one of them is associated more with release and then one of them is a little bit more like active setting intentions etc etc but in general you know maybe you maybe it's a little bit reversed you know depending you know instead of what people told you so the more the more I've just kind of been paying attention to whatever it is comes through directly. I don't know. It's just been a lot more fun to pay attention to what comes through directly through my channel from source, from spirit, from love. And I just, I enjoy learning that way. You know, for me, there was a time and a place when I would literally absorb every single book out there, which was a lot of fun, by the way, to, you know, learn about all of the different languages that there are, to learn about all of the systems, all of the philosophies. That was a lot of fun. And I realized at some point that developing my own relationship, listening to, you know, and just paying attention to whatever is present and then channeling from that space, that's what has allowed the most love to come into my life. And that's what I would want for everyone. So I say that because that's like a that's a big theme. That's like one of the biggest themes and the biggest goals of my space. The biggest vision. I think vision's a much better word versus like goal or something. The biggest vision with my space is to, you know, just give everybody the space to become their own channels, become their own healers and just their own guides, their own teachers, sources of wisdom etc etc I feel like there's so much out there right now or not too too much but it's kind of leaning this way about what it really means to become your own like I don't know guru or something I don't use that word uh very often you'll probably hear me use like teacher guide but it's like it's all the same thing you know uh your own mentor um your own leader all of those are pretty much synonymous to me, but in just leading yourself to love. So, um, yeah, that was pretty long in terms of, I could have probably just said, um, <laughs> you can define, you know, all of the phases of the moon for yourself, but just pay attention. It's just really, I think it's just really, really important for me, for you. Um, even as I kind of do these readings to pay attention to what comes up for you as I say certain things. You may or may not agree with whatever it is that I have to say. That's literally not the point. That's like the opposite of the point. It's more of like pay attention to what I'm saying and to what it, what kind of love it brings up for you and then go from there. You know, it's not like take my word for it. It's like I say whatever I need to say. And it's kind of, um, oh, it's actually quite beautiful this way. I find that whenever I do any readings for anyone, Usually it's not, it's like our souls, our spirits are having a conversation. So, I mean, even if someone didn't agree, I mean, it hasn't really happened yet, but even if somebody didn't, you know, agree 100% with, you know, what I was saying during a reading, 
it's not necessarily about the words themselves. It's about, you know, whatever love comes through you as a result. So it's kind of like our souls or our spirits are having a conversation. So kind of just, you know, consider it that way. Um, I found that anytime I've received a reading before, you know, whether or not, I mean, most, I've been, I think I've been fortunate that in my past, a lot of the readings I have received, um, they've been absolutely phenomenal, absolutely spectacular. Um, just in that the third dimensional words were on point, but it's, it wasn't so much the words that really, really mattered. It was the love behind them, you know, that I deeply admired and that deeply touched my heart. So all of that being said, I hope you enjoy. So, um, what we're going to start with is the fault line. That's where our story for this full moon begins today. And, also, what I love about all of, you know, these readings is it gives me the opportunity to fall in love with the cards in a very different way. So I usually never read the same card the same way twice because it, we have, by the way, six cards here to kind of move through. Actually, wait, let me introduce them to you right now. So it, because you don't have them in front of you, we have the fault line, the mountain, the orphan, the stone the storm and the venom. So all of those meanings will reveal themselves to us. Honestly, I don't even think about, you know, what it is that they mean, because like I said, it just, the meanings just come through. But yeah, let's start with the fault line. So let me just give you a visual for a second. Um, yeah, it's imagine you're either on, actually, I think a lake would be easiest. So I've never done this because there are, there aren't really frozen lakes or ponds around me, but I think we've all seen this in a movie somewhere where like there are these kids on some sort of like frozen pond or lake and they are kind of like tiptoeing on the lake because you can kind of hear that the, you know, the frozen water underneath them is kind of cracking a little bit. And they either want to just like plan the pond or make it to the other side. But you can kind of sense that it's like it's a little shaky. It's not strong, you know, ice like those kids probably shouldn't be playing there anyway, to be honest. Um, but they're kind of walking on the pond in hope that it's not going to kind of crumble beneath them. All right. So that's kind of the visual I want you to keep in mind when we talk about the fault line. So. If you've ever done that, I have not, but I can, oh, I can just like feel like how, like that kind of tension, uh, that kind of tension, that kind of apprehensiveness, like I'm walking on shaky ground here. Is it going to crack? Is it not going to crack? Will I make it to the other side? And also just avoiding, you know, avoiding that cracking in general. That's kind of the energy. That's kind of the feeling of the fault line. And I feel like this card, it could not be more appropriate in my life and the lives of many, many people that I know, because for everybody all around the world in very different ways, because, you know, I feel like, and yes, I'm going to talk about, you know, quarantine, the pandemic, et cetera, because how could I not? Um, it's still very much happening. It's not in the same, I don't know. I feel like 
so I live in America. So it it's definitely different depending on where it is around the world that you live. But there was definitely a point in America where Corona, the quarantine pandemic, that was all anybody can talk about. And trust me, it's still like it comes up like 5,000 times a day. You know, that hasn't necessarily stopped. Um, But there was a time where it was really, really intense. And, you know, where I live, I've said this before, um, very, very small town. So it's been, I don't know, I wouldn't necessarily say easier to isolate. Maybe, I mean, actually, yeah, maybe it is. Uh, It definitely is now that I'm giving it a little bit more thought just because, you know, it's not like a city where it's like packed to the brim. You know, there's tons of open space. um, But... What's interesting about this is I feel like this energy of the fault line was strong, really, really strong in the thick of the pandemic, in the thick of quarantine. And it was very, very visible at that time. So I think that's almost... What, what's so interesting about this card is it's kind of a, the shadow of this card is kind of like avoidance in a way. It's kind of like, you know, something that is there, you know, we're talking about the frozen pond. So we know that there is something that we're kind of like tiptoeing around. We're kind of like walking on eggshells, hoping that they don't crack. That never works. And it's like we know it's going to crack eventually and that we really, really need to pay attention because the fault line in terms of change, it's one of the the fault line and the storm are two really, really important cards of change. Um, But they, they're kind of two different flavors, I would say. So the fault line and we're going to get to the storm later. No worries about that. Um, The fault line in terms of flavor of change, it's kind of like you know that it's there and you know that you're going to have to redefine your reality in some way, but you're just like not looking forward to it. You just don't want to deal with it. You don't want to do it. And I feel like that was so much more in our faces a couple, several months ago. And now that people are more comfortable with going outside again, strictly where I am, I can't necessarily speak to everywhere. Um, but yeah, now that people are, it's it's definitely, definitely less intense than it was, I would say, a couple of months ago. People are more comfortable with being outside. People are more comfortable with, you know, being with people other than the people that they have been isolating with. You know, people are more, just more comfortable in general to kind of get back to normal. It's not quite normal, which is interesting, but that's like, that's just something else. Um But what's interesting about the fault line coming through now is that because we are, you know, a little bit more comfortable and it seems like things are a little bit more normal than they were, it is easier to ignore the fault line, if that makes sense. So if the fault line came through and actually that's probably why, you know, the fault line is coming through now, even though the energy has always been there, even though the change, the shifts you know, all of us making foundational shifts in our lives. I think you can say, I mean, so many people have tried to also reason, you know, what is uh, COVID-19? What is the pandemic? You know, why is this here? And I I think you can do that until your face turns blue. You know, it's 
it's I don't think it's the same for everybody. You can make meaning out of it. You cannot make meaning out of it. The one thing that I will say is that, and this is not a hot take whatsoever, for me, at least in my life and for, you know, the people around me, it did have this like underlying fault line energy of we need to pay attention to, you know, the shifts that we really need to. Oh, I like. Oh, that's actually a good example of the foundational shifts that we need to make in our own lives. So I was actually at the beach with a friend a couple of weeks ago and you know, we were like, that's like a nice, again, yeah, things are a little bit more normal. So we were like, let's do a nice socially distanced walk to the beach. It's a nice, it's summer. It's like, an, it was summer, you know, now it's fall, but it was summer at that point. And we figured we might do something nice just in case, I don't know, there's like a second wave. Uh, who knows? Because literally, yeah, uh, who knows? But yeah, we just wanted to take a break and go outside. And we were talking about just the pandemic and what has changed as a result. And we were taught, and what was interesting was, I mean, it, it it's, it's never, I mean, I say interesting, but it's also like, I'm not surprised um, that we both felt this way, but we felt that the foundational shift, for example, that took place within the both of us was, you know, really deeply learning about who we are without any other people, without, you know, any other distractions. You know, it's like, again, like quarantine has had so many different stages to it. But, you know, I heard this funny quote one day and it doesn't exactly go like this, but it's like whenever you've, you know, watched every show on literally Netflix, Hulu, you know, and whatever streaming subscription service, I've literally de- dipped into, you know, Netflix Italy. Okay. So I've really just like run through all the Netflix, all of the HBO Max, like literally everything. So yeah, once you've watched every TV show, read every book, maybe you're more of a book person, um, done every like home improvement house cleaning project that you could have possibly done. Um, if you got to, you know, live with your family like I did, picked a fight with every single family member that you've, you know, ever had. Um, you know, once you've kind of run through all of those things, you're just really left to sit with yourself. You, or like you've knocked everything off of your bucket list. Like, oh, like I've always wanted to organize this. Or, oh, I've wanted to like, or yeah, once you've called everybody that you just haven't, you know, talked to in a long time. It, it's not all like negative. It's just like once you've really run through everything that you've ever said that you would have done with extra time, you're really left with yourself. And like, you're learning about who you are in this like isolated container. And that's what my friend and I were talking about. And so for me, a huge, that was one of the, you know, fault lines that I was really learning about during this time that I was really tiptoeing around for years. You know, I really wanted to kind of, I mean, it's nearly impossible to learn about who you are inside of a vacuum, you know, because there's always distractions. And again, distractions, not a bad thing, just distractions, you know, like there's school, there's work, there's people, you know, there's just kind of not really the opportunity to be as isolated as possible and kind of, you know, and I think it's really, really interesting to see what you do afterwards. So 
again, after all of the TV, all of the books, all of the home improvement projects, you know, the calling everybody that I hadn't talked to in decades, not decades, I haven't been alive, you know, that long, you know, I was really, it was really, really fun to pay attention to what naturally comes up for me, you know, what am I naturally thinking about? You know, because that's like really difficult to do in our, you know, normal day to day lives. You know, if we're working, you know, you go to work, you start work at a certain time. Like I started at like 8.30 a.m., went to like 5.30 p.m., et cetera, et cetera. Um, I wake up, you know, super early. So to, you know, do stuff for this space. So you wake up really early. You do whatever you need to do. You go to work. You come home. For me, I was passing out by like 9 p.m. And there wasn't much time. And you're also exhausted. You know, if you work or you go to school, uh, high schoolers probably have it the worst. I had to wake up at like just before five for my high school. My high school started really, really early all the way back, um, all the way back then. So no matter where you are, you're probably tired from your day to day life. And then you don't even because you're just focused on how tired you are. It's like nearly impossible, you know, to really pay attention to what naturally comes up. You know, what are you naturally gravitating toward? You know, that's this space, you know, had, I mean, different iterations and different ideas for this space were around for a while, but it didn't really come through until I started holding space for it, you know, during quarantine. And I was like, huh, I keep, you know, naturally gravitating towards this idea. Let's do something with that. So Going back to the fault line, I think that's a beautiful foundational shift that we can all pay attention to is, you know, really knowing, you know, who we are as much in as much of a vacuum as possible. You know, I'm we all have our own individual situations. For me, it's a little bit easier probably than others. Some people are, you know, have been working this entire time. Some people have families to take care of. So no worries. Um, that's why I say as much as possible, as much as, you know, you are gifted, you know, to be able to, you know, do and what you can do with it. Um, your foundational shift also might have nothing to do with that. That's just an example. But pay attention to, you know, what it is in your life. What is the glass pond? What is the glass lake in your life that you're kind of just like treading delicately? You would really prefer not to crack it. Because there are so many. That's literally just one example. But, you know, keep that in mind. And so next in our story, we have the mountain. And so this is actually one of my fault lines is the mountain. So I love hiking. I'm going to throw another metaphor at you. And this is a fairly easy one because you can literally hike mountains if you want to. Um, what's interesting about the mountain, though, is... For me personally, whenever I hike, I usually don't hike with a goal. And here's why. So whenever I pick a hike, no matter where I am, it's usually not to go see something. There have been very, very few hikes that I can think of in my life where I was like, I want to hike here because I want to see this at the end. Or I want to hike here because I want this particular view, um, whatever, whatever. And that's because I'm... 100% the kind of person to ignore everything else along the way. Okay. So if I, let's say I was, you know, hiking along, you know, some sort of actually a good example. I was, I was hiking 
couple of weekends ago, several weekends ago with a friend. Um, I hike all the time. It was like her first time hiking. Actually, yeah, it was like her first time real hiking, which was interesting. But um, yeah, she did a really, really great job. Uh, I just I just picked the hike because I was like, this looks like a fun one where like the process, the entire hike seems like a lot of fun to do. I was completely surprised that there was a viewpoint, you know, that we kind of came across um, in the middle of the hike. So um, the hike was mostly uphill one way and then downhill the rest of the way. I had no idea. It was just like a hike that was recommended to me. I had no idea that there was even a view. And I'm really glad that I didn't know because if I did, I don't know. My mind is kind of set up that way where I'm just like, I I would literally rush through the first half of the hike just to get to the view, you know, and be like, I want to spend as much time, you know, at the view as possible. I want to see what it looks like. I want to, you know, blah, 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 blah. And that's what this card reminds me of this is definitely like a heavy energy for me right now you know like for me especially with this space so this space is everything to me it's like it's one of the most important things to me in my life I have no way and this is why I think the I mean the mountain for me is here but you know could also be for you with respect to you know whatever projects you know whatever it is that you have that you want to whatever visions you have in your life. The vision isn't in this deck, but it seems to be, you know, a little bit of a, I don't know. I don't know why that one's coming through. Um, Yeah, but whatever projects, whatever visions of any kind that you have, I feel like what I've noticed for me in terms of the mountain is I have to remind myself that, what's that saying? Rome wasn't built in a day. Okay, so there are so many visions that I have, you know, for this space and you what it is that I want to accomplish, what it is that I want to do. And I'm the kind of person where I'm like, I want this done now. You know, I want this done as soon as possible. I want this done now, 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 now. Um, And I forget to enjoy the slow cook, you know, beautiful process. I think that was actually my dream last night. Something about a slow cooker. Yeah. I always I remember always remember like I don't know several dream multiple several dreams a night and I record them when I wake up and then sometimes I don't remember like these little like tiny scenes you know from my dreams one of them being something about a slow cooker um but hey you know what perfect timing um for me being being present is one of my, you know, most difficult challenges is while hiking, whilst hiking up the mountain, being present on the mountain. And that's that has been an actual like physical practice that I have, you know, implemented whenever I actually do go hiking is, you know, if I'm def- uh, definitely if I'm hiking with like a goal or a view in mind to pause, take breaks, and observe, you know, how far it is that I've come along the mountain. We're definitely talking about hiking here, but, um, you know, I guess in life too or whatever, you know, with whatever visions that you have going on right now. Um, But yeah, definitely taking the time to pause, look around, take in, you know, the sweet, fresh air, take in, you know, all of the beautiful trees, all of the beautiful scenery, you know, notice what's around, 
and then keep hiking. And then, yeah, you get to take in the beautiful view, you know, at the top, you know, whatever it is. And then you get to keep going, you know. But I think really, again, not a hot take, it, really enjoying the process of whatever it is that you're doing and just enjoying, you know, understanding that you are on the mountain in the first place. And, you know, wherever it is that you're present on the mountain, you know, taking in how far you've come and, you know, where it is that you're going, you know, it's kind of like wherever you are on the mountain, you know, that the entirety of spectrum of experiences is also there. And it's kind of like you're just you're moving. It's a very, you know, mountains are super linear. I mean, I guess you could go like around and you you could go back down the mountain if you like forgot like. I don't know your snack if you sat down somewhere and you like forgot your pack of goldfish. I don't really know. Okay, but it's like usually pretty linear. You know, you go up, you go down. So in that moment, you know, taking in all of, you know, the love, all of the energy, all of the time that you've put into making it to, you know, that spot, because I think that's really, really important. I think more and more people are putting an emphasis on this in terms of, you know, because I am also really bad at this, you know. Sometimes I have to remind myself, you're not exactly, you know, at the spot on the mountain where you really want to be, but just look at how, literally look at just how far you have come, you know, from the very, very beginning. And I'm always amazed by that. And that usually helps me, you know, in terms of the gratitude area, because I can be very hard on myself. Um, what is that? Recovering perfectionist? Uh, I can still be a perfectionist. That's okay, though. Um, yeah, very, very, very heavy on perfection and, you know, getting things right and, you know, not slipping up, not making mistakes. It's just like something I'm always, you know, dancing around with, but also just like a note on that. I found that with stuff like that, if you, okay, if you're anything like me and you have a thing, a special relationship with perfectionism, control, um, being right versus being wrong, stuff like that. I've learned that it's because then what what can happen again, if you're anything like me, um, it can also it's you can also become so much of a perfectionist where it's like you're trying to control how much of a perfectionist you are. OK, eh, it's not good. So or, yeah, control how much you're controlling you know, and then it really never ends. So usually what I like to do is, and this is where these cards have also really helped me is pay attention to not necessarily like looking at like, oh, I'm being like controlling or, oh, like the perfectionist side is coming out of me. Like that's a bad thing. It, no, it's just like, it's a shadow expression of, you know, whatever is going on and it's information, you know? So it's, it's just neutral information. If I'm being controlling, then that's just like highlighting, oh, like I just, I know exactly, like paying attention again, like being as present as possible to notice, oh, I'm being super controlling or, oh, I'm trying to like make everything perfect in this way. Noticing that, just appreciating that and like being like, oh, I know what that is. I know also know how to heal it, you know? Um, so that is, um, I would say, for the mountain, oh, I didn't talk about the light and shadow for the fault line. That's okay. I think it kind of came through, though. So um, as for the mountain, you know, the light expression, 
right for, you know, what's coming through right now about the mountain is very much, again, just taking in presence, enjoying, you know, where it is that you've been, where it is that you have to go, enjoying the present moment. And then this shadowy side would be, you know, that perfectionist side of like, or kind of racing to get to the top. You know, so either trying to climb up the, the mountain perfectly or, you know, o- overly focusing on what's at the top because then you miss, you know, the beauty in getting there. And then as for the fault line, I would say for this particular reading, allowing the fault, the shadow would definitely be just uh, ignorance. You know, ignorance in terms of, you know, what needs to change, you know, what needs to happen for you. And then the light expression, all of them, again, have like a light and shadow expression. There is no, it's not like a good and bad expression. They're just words. But um, the fault line would be, the light expression would be like allowing the fault line to just like crack, crack open, do whatever you need to do. If if you're, you know, on the, that pond with those crazy kids, you know, just allow the ice to crack, you know, swim, you know, your way back in our little metaphor there. But yeah, just a really allowing it to gracefully redefine your reality would be the fault line. So for me, you know, going back to that original example of, you know, learning who I am in a vacuum, that was one of the fault lines, one of the many, many fault lines I needed to pay, that needed my attention for years. And it finally just cracked open, you know, during this pandemic. And the more I just like allowed it to crack open and allowed it to just like bring in that foundational shift and redefine my entire reality, it was just so much smoother. All right, let's move on. So now we have the orphan. I have like a soft spot in my heart for the orphan. Um, And this one for me uh, specifically um, is one of the core cards for one of my ancestors, my great grandmother. Um, I didn't really, it's so interesting. I didn't know her too well because she lived in Jamaica. So she is, she's passed on, um, I was like years and years ago. Um, but there was just something about her spirit, something about her soul that always, I don't know, that just resonates in this message of more kindness. So the orphan coming through on this full moon just calls us to pay attention to, okay. Oh, oh, I love actually, now I'm like looking at it and I'm like, oh, the orphan and the venom. That's like a really fun combination. Um, Very, very dynamic combination. They go really, really well together. So the orphan calls us to, it's like, in in a nutshell, it's kind of like the rejection card. So not like the card's rejecting you or anything. That's like not That's not what's happening. But what it does is it calls you to pay attention to, you know, whatever rejection patterns you have within yourself. And the reason I really, the reason I really love this card is because it's not like we all have the same patterns of rejection or the same forms or the same, you know, expressions of rejection within ourselves. But we all have like this archetype. So even though the expression is not the same like at all, or it might be, you know, sometimes we find, you know, one another 
Um, actually, more often than not, um, I'm thinking of like a very specific person that kind of just wandered their way into my life within the past couple of months. I would say that we have a very, very similar rejection pattern, you know? Um, so just because it involves another person, I'm not going to go too, too deep into, you know, what that is, you know, just in case. Um, but in general, I think acknowledging acknowledging and being kind to the orphan within ourselves it just inspires so much more kindness and so much more compassion so it's not necessarily the thought of oh i've been rejected in this way i keep saying reject it, but it is it is kind of like a rejection thing cuz again we all have it in rejection abandonment um the orphan is also uh, another name for it is the wounded child, if that makes more. Uh, so that might make more sense in terms of what I've talked in terms of what I'm talking about. So whatever means you can rejection is synonymous with wounds. So whatever it is you have, you know, in that department. So, yeah, not all of our wounds are the same. By the way, it's not necessarily like childhood wounds. Like, I think people like to talk about that a lot because those are the deepest. Those are really, really heavy. And those, you know, really do impact you for a really, really long time. Um, in a, yeah, in a very, very meaningful, impactful way, but it could be literally anything, you know, it may, it may trace back to your childhood. It may not, it it could just literally be anything that, you know, impacts you deeply, but whatever it is that you have inside of you that, you know, really activates the wounded child, that's kind of your area to learn how to be more kind and compassionate and then realize that while we might not all have the same wounds within us, we do have them in the first place, you know? So mine might not be the same as my mother's, my father's, you know, my sister's, you know, my best friends, people I've literally never met yet. Um, But again, the beautiful thing about these archetypes is, you know, from where I stand, we all have all 78 of them. They express in different ways, um, but they capture the beautiful spectrum of the human experience and what it really, what it really, really means to be human in the first place. And even though you know we all have God, we all have Source, we all have Spirit within us, we are all human expressions of God, Source, Spirit, Love, etc. Um, so while the orphan is an expression of love, you know it's it's an opportunity to love, be more kind, be more compassionate, which is something that I think that we can all very much use and remember during this time. Just in terms of, you know, being, I don't know, it sounds so simple, but just being a little bit nicer to one another. You know, every single chance that we have, you know, because like I said, you know, we have two cards that really represent change, the fault line and the storm. So again, it's kind of like, you know, I know that I'm going through this huge shift of, you know, redefining, you know, reality and like all of these fault lines that are kind of connecting together. And I'm just kind of navigating every single day. Other people have that too. You know, that's kind of like what has always made this pandemic so interesting to me is there has been nothing quite like this that has impacted, you know, all of us on such a global scale. Um, there may be parts of the world that were just like untouched, you know, by this pandemic. I don't 
you know, know exactly what they are. But even if um, even if it didn't impact you directly in your family, you probably knew someone who did or you're just aware of the news in general. Um, so that general sense of kindness and compassion is very, very important right now. And then we have the stone. So the stone, oh, right. So uh, light and shadow for the orphan before I go on to the stone. So I think the light of the light or yeah, the light expression of the orphan, you know, would be learning more kindness, more acceptance, more compassion, just more, more, more as much as humanly possible. And then go beyond that because, you know, we're not just human. You know, we are unconditional love. We have all of the love in the world to give. So that's a light expression. And then the shadowy expression, I would say would kind of be staying and getting stuck in whatever wound that is and getting stuck in that cycle. We're not acknowledge, not even acknowledging it, you know, because again, if you don't even acknowledge it, you don't even know what it is. It's impossible to heal. It's impossible to show love to it. All right. Yeah. The stone. So the stone, we're, we're going to dip back into the metaphor here a little bit. So I remember one of the most fascinating things I learned, like, you know, when you have like memories from like elementary school, middle school, they're not super intact, but sometimes you just have very, very distinct memories. One of mine was that was learning that like stones in rivers they could have been there for like, uh, this is probably an over-exaggeration, but like centuries, like really, really big ones, you know? And, you know, they wear away and they change form and they change shape over time, but it takes a really, really long time. I just remember sitting there, I think, I think it was elementary school and learning about that in science class that, you know, if you were to ever go to a river, there's probably stones at least from decades ago. And they've been there for decades. So it's kind of like they've been witnessing the shifts in the earth, the shifts in the whatever river that they are in. Or if they're in a lake where there is no kind of like running water, they've probably been there for even longer. And, you know, the motion of the water might wear away at them. But that's a long way of saying that stones have been here for a really, really long time. They kind of witness, you know, the changes of the earth in a way that, you know as humans in a way that's not humanly possible just because we're around let's just just say even for 100 years stones are the stones are older than us you know at that point and they've witnessed different periods of time so the reason i put emphasis on human is again we have the archetype of the stone within us we have that eternity that love within us that is that eternal force so the love within you, the source within you, the God within you is like that stone. You know, again, even though the stone itself, you know, has like a, I think even the stone in its like smallest form is like a grain of sand. Um, but it's still there, even though it's it might be getting whittled down. And this is, you know, where my science expertise knowledge um, is probably a better word dwindles a little bit. Um, where the metaphor might just fall off the track, but we all have that eternity within us that has just been witnessing, you know, for centuries and millennia, 
you know, love, uh, you know, within my language, within my understanding has been around forever. Beginning of time, end of time, it's, it's been around, you know, there is no time when it comes to love. And that's kind of the, I think, okay, yeah, I like that a lot. So again, with the cards of change, I feel like this is really important to where, you know, everything outside of us might be changing, our human form might be changing, but the love within us remains constant, you know? And I think sometimes the message is just as simple as that, you know, no matter what changes, you know, we are going through, whatever mountain we are on, you know, whatever, you know, patterns of wounds might be within us, you know, those are things that, you know, the love within us is observing and the love within us is always constant. It's an eternal force that that's what never changes, even though everything all around us, you know, there are always different expressions that we're interacting with, different things we're learning about, you know, different realities that we're jumping into with the fault line, you know, different visions, visions that we are interacting with, you know, with the mountain, different goals, um, different ways to love with the orphan. There is an eternal aspect, you know, of love that is just watching over all of that, which I think is beautiful. Now we finally have the storm. And yeah, I'm sorry. I feel like I said the storm like a thousand different times and then I never talked about it. Um, yeah, the storm and the fault line, they're a little bit different. So the storm, okay, if you know anything about tarot, the storm is kind of like the tower. So it's kind of like the uh, the sweeping change. You know, and I like to call it, it's like the great equalizer of change. So it's like, no matter who you are, no matter what you have, no matter where you are in your life, the storm can still come for you. And that's what I love about it. It's like, no matter, no matter your human expression, you're not escaping the storm, you know? And that's also, that's like the one thing, you know, I did, I think that, um, I'm going to, you know, bring it a little bit back to the pandemic a little bit. I mean, and it, it it's not a perfect metaphor just because, you know, p- different people with, you know, different levels of resources were able to protect themselves better. So it's not it's not a perfect um, metaphor in that way. There are so many fascinating conversations, um, you know, that were happening, you know, at the height of this pandemic um, about how, you know, different people of different races, et cetera, you know, were impacted by this differently um, that I really, really, and I really, really enjoyed those conversations, but that would be something different. Um, but in terms of the archetype of the storm, you know what it is? It's kind of like, I, I would say, okay, if there were a, any grand equalizer out there, it would be death. That's Thanatos, which is like not in this um, spread whatsoever, but that would be the greatest equalizer of all time because no matter who you are or what you have, you can die. Oh, and you will die. Uh, just, you know, because um, that's just like a human thing to do. Um, but the storm is not quite at that level. Um, the storm is something that I would say in terms of equalizers, n- 
no matter how many resources you have in your life, you can't avoid the storm altogether. You know, you might deal with it in different ways, which is what I was saying, you know, a little bit earlier. Um, you know, because like, again, with COVID, it was not an equal and fair, I guess, I was going to say fight, but I don't know if I love that word too much. But um, yeah, in terms of the fight against the pandemic, it wasn't an equal and fair fight for everyone, depending on, you know, what resources you have. And, you know, that's something that um, hopefully our next president will change. Okay. Um, but yes, in terms of the, okay, so, you know, I'm probably going to put the storm and the venom together because that's kind of what's coming through here. Um, so yeah, Storm, the great equalizer of change, the Venom, you probably heard me talk about it before. It is one of my favorite, favorite cards. There are a couple of cards. I feel like I say that about all the time. Um, the Venom is truly one of them. Um, I talk about the Venom a lot on my website and in the story of the space because it's really, really important to understand. And for me, the Venom is the overall cycle of violence card. And it's really paying attention to, or sorry, what it's really calling attention to is stopping the cycle of violence in its tracks whenever you have the chance. And that's why I said that the orphan and the venom were like a fun dynamic to play with. Because the one way you can stop, you know, that kind of violence in, and the, I say it's like the cycle of violence, the cycle of hurt, the cycle of pain the one way that you can just stop it in its tracks, you know, right then and there is with love, acceptance, and compassion from the orphan card. So the venom, I feel like I learned so much about the venom, especially in the earlier stages of my life because I had so much of it, you know, within me. It was one of my, you know, greatest guides, greatest teachers. So it's a very, very important card to me and it's one of the I don't know it's just one of the things I can see very very clearly you know in people it's like I can tell you know if they're you know really the way that they are acting you know what they're saying if they are coming from the venom card and so the storm and the venom together it's re what really needs to happen is the way is changing the way in which we interact with the venom within one another and that points towards actually everything here it kind of just goes all the way back down like a little like a snake or something um yeah changing the way in which we interact with the venom in one another you always if you can just recognize it so if you know it within yourself it's one of those things if you know it within yourself you know it within other people it's so it's so crystal clear to see so if you can kind of stop it within yourself with love, kindness, compassion, you can also stop it in its tracks, you know, with other people, you know, if they are showing you the venom within them, you show them the love within you and they just kind of heal, it heals, you know? And that's why it's one of, you know, revolutionizing the way in which we interact with one another and the way in which we interact with, you know, the hurt, the pain within one another. That's why this is, you know, one of my favorite cards. So, and again, in order to do that, we kind of need to understand the orphan archetype within ourselves. You know, the orphan archetype, uh, you know, I've actually never really paid too much attention to the order 
of the cards within the deck. I can only imagine Kim, the creator of the deck, you know, put the cards in a specific order or maybe she didn't. You know, there's no way of knowing. I didn't create it. But the Orphan is one of the really early cards. It's card number five. And, you know, whether there's an order or not, I do feel like it's one of the cards that you need to really understand in order to leverage the power of the other cards in the deck. So the Venom is directly tied into the Orphan. Or like understanding the Orphan is so key in understanding the Venom. If you understand the wounded child within yourself, you have you know exactly what I'm talking about with the Venom. And if you haven't really explored the Orphan within yourself, then you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. But um, you will eventually, you know, because it's kind of, it's very, very difficult to avoid the wounded child all of your life. But once you have like a really, really solid understanding, and by the way, again, there are so many, there are infinite different expressions of every single archetype. So it's not like you nail down every single expression and you understand it, but it's like when you understand the archetype, you understand, you know, if there's an expression of the archetype, what's really going on at the core. So, you know, there's still days when I like, I can feel the orphan coming through and I'm just like, oh, oh you know, just uh, hold on there. And I just stop it in its tracks by showing it, you know, the love, kindness and compassion that it needs and just honoring it for what it is, you know, staying as present as possible and not necessarily shoving it down and being like, oh, no, that's wrong. You know, just honoring it for exactly what it is. You know, all of these cards, all 78 cards, they all create each other in one way. Like I said, they're the full, uh, well, one of the ways of, you know, describing the spectrum of the human experience. It's just one language. It's just one way of doing that. And so being present with, you know, if I'm, you know, taking this to be, you know, the description of that spectrum, then honoring every single part of the spectrum helps me honor a different part of the deck. So if, for example, if I were to just ignore the orphan, ignore my inner orphan, I would have no idea you know, how to, what to do with the Venom, you know? They are two different cards, but they're kind of, they're they're similar in nature where it's, you know, honoring, you know, the pain, the rejection, you know, whatever is going on within you, greeting it with love so you can do it for the other people. And again, the storm really shaking up the way that we do that so we can do it more often. And again, train honor every single time you honor the orphan within yourself every single time you honor the venom within yourself it's kind of like you're training you know you're training to recognize it so and the more you train to recognize it within yourself it's so much easier to recognize it within other people you won't even have to guess you know i just know you know when like someone's coming from the venom when someone's coming from that cycle of, you know, violence, pain, hatred, et cetera, I know when the it's like the venom within them. And I'm like, that's not you. It's the expression of the venom card. I just know. And then I move from there, you know? And I think that's, that. I don't know, there's just something beautiful about that and really changing the way in which we interact with one another. That's something I could talk about for like five more hours, but I will not do that to you. Um, but tracing it back. So yeah, we have the storm, the venom, Oh, I didn't even talk about like the, you know, the light and shadow yet. 
So for the storm, in terms of, you know, change, revolution, the storm, the light side is like allowing that change to just be meaningful and, you know, just allow, you know, allowing it to do whatever it needs to do, honoring it for exactly what it is. And then the shadow side, again, would just be kind of like meaningless distraction, you know? So if it is truly the storm and it's, you know, it's whirlwinds and it's, yeah, it's winds are just like moving its way throughout your life. The shadow would kind of be ignoring that. Okay. Oh, you know, there's something important to mention about the storm. So the storm is not the cause of whatever craziness is happening in your life. It's the result. So, and just like, let that sink in. So the storm is not the cause of whatever's happening in your life right now. It's the result. So that's why this, you know, light shadow dynamic is really important. So since it's the result of whatever, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine, um, you've probably heard something like this before, but imagine there's something you really, really need to pay attention to. Kind of like the fault line, but again, a little bit different. There's something you really, really need to pay attention to. So there's like rain outside your window, you know? So instead of sunshine, there's rain to kind of grab your attention. You're not really paying attention. You're like, oh, it's raining outside. Who cares? Um, So then, you know, we add some thunder. It's a thunderstorm to, again, grab your attention to, you know, whatever it is that you need to be paying attention to. And you're like, oh, a thunderstorm. All right, whatever. Um, And then suddenly there's a hurricane outside your door. And you're like, oh, okay, we got to batten down the hatches, you know, time to, you know, get going, time to like pay attention, time to, you know, do whatever I need to do. That's kind of like the storm. Again, it's the result. It's not the cause. So the light side would be, you know, paying attention to, you know, what caused this storm in the first place? What is it that I need to pay attention to? And the dark side would be just allowing that hurricane to, you know, rage through and then taking nothing, you know, ignoring the love that could have potentially come from the hurricane, just not even taking that opportunity. That would be the shadow. And then the venom for me The shadow side would be, you know, allowing the venom to overtake you to not paying attention to it. There's like a theme today of just like not paying attention um, when things are literally jumping out at you. Um, Yeah, you know what? The theme of today is love and attention. Like love, presence and attention. I like that. Yeah, but uh, for the venom, yeah, the shadow would be not paying attention to the venom within you, not honoring it. And the light would be, you know, honoring it, knowing exactly what it is. Again, not trying to control it, not trying to make it go away. But when it comes up, you know what's going on. And when it does come up, it's like another way to love. It's another way to, you know, show love to yourself. I like that. Okay. And and then, yeah, going back, you know, again, we have the stone, which is honoring that eternal loving presence within us. And then all the way back, you know, to the mountain and the fault line, you know, as we are, you know, traversing and again, for the mountain, it's whatever visions you have. So again, it's not just like a physical mountain. Um, It doesn't even have to be anything linear, but any vision you have for yourself, wherever you are, you know, within that vision, just, you know, honoring exactly where you are. And then the fault line, again, paying attention to you know, while you're on that mountain, you know, what needs to change 
and just not ignoring the inevitable change that needs to come. So, okay, I like that. That's like a nice way to wrap it up. But yeah, big, big themes for today are definitely love, honor, attention, presence. And I think, I don't, you know, we can all just use a little bit more of that. I think some, yeah, sometimes I go through all these cards and I'm like, hmm, the message was actually quite simple and it's never what I thought it would be. But that's the beauty of the cards. So I will leave you with that and we are going to take a couple of breaths and then close. So if you want to just like close your eyes, keep them open, do whatever you need to do. But we're going to take a couple of deep breaths. Thank you so, so much to all of the guides, spirits, animals, plants, all the allies, all of the ancestors, everything that came to guide us today. We appreciate your love, guidance, and wisdom. Allow it to absorb, allow it to, you know, marinate, permeate, do whatever healing it needs to do. We are open. We are accepting to all of that love. Thank you so much. We love you so much. And continue to show us how we can love and guide one another towards home. Thank you. All right, so that is it for this full moon. I hope you have a beautiful full moon. Um, again, whatever the full moon means to you, pay attention to that. That's honestly, that's always the most important is paying attention to you know what is important to you. Um, with that, I'm learning to do this more and more, but if you enjoyed this, please rate, review, subscribe. I'm learning just how important that is, um, for podcasts in general, helping other people find podcasts. Um, and that is all I will say about that. But yes, it is. If you have your own podcast, you know how important it is. Um, the rating, the reviewing, the subscribing, that's like the holy grail in terms of podcasting. Um, but in general, you know what? Thank you so much for listening. I enjoyed sharing space with you and I will see you next time. <laughs>